Well, hello again, and welcome back to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 33. Now, if you've missed any of the past episodes, please go back and get caught up. Uh, You can uh, go to the website, www.faithlife365.org, and uh, you pick your poison as to how you like to read or watch or listen. Uh, We have uh, YouTube channels, Rumble channels, Podbean for the podcast, and uh, also have a blog where you can read. Uh, So I hope you'll go uh, select and uh, stay with us and watch and uh, listen or read from there. Now, in this episode, uh, we're going to continue talking about the end time. So let's say a prayer here and jump in. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity, Father, to once again read and study your word, Father, to see your awesomeness to see your prophecies come forth and being fulfilled, Lord, to look at, uh, at the scriptures. Father, we pray that you will open our eyes, that we may see in our ears, that we may hear. Father, we thank you, Lord, and, and we just pray that you renew our minds, Father. Give us the, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding as we study today. Grow our faith in you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so looking back, at the last episode, all I really can say is, wow, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but this is exciting stuff. It's, we've seen prophecy after prophecy after prophecy fulfilled uh, in the past few episodes, and each one uh, brings us closer and closer to the rapture of the church, and, and the final prophesied seven years of the 490 uh, years that, that were prophesied, and the second coming of Jesus. So now, last episode, uh, we talked about how uh, Israel has been restored, how prophecy after prophecy has been fulfilled uh, to include the fruit trees growing in the desert, pools of water uh, found under the deserts, uh, just as prophesied, you know, and, and, and uh, the Hebrew language being restored as the official language of Israel. Uh, so can, can there possibly be more? Well, let's take a look and see uh, what else we have going on. Now, Lamentations uh, chapter 5 and verse 18 of the King James Version, it says, Because of the mountain of Zion, which is desolate, the foxes walk upon it. Now, Mount Zion includes the Temple Mount. Uh, Also, uh, Mount Moriah is located in Jerusalem. Now, the Temple Mount is part of the remains of the second temple's uh, that, uh, of, uh, the Ro- that the Romans destroyed um, in 70 A.D. on the 9th of Av. And as a matter of fact, uh, both temples were on this site, and both temples were destroyed on the 9th of Av, uh, on the Jewish calendar, Av being the month of the Jewish calendar. Now, on August the 7th of 2019, the headline for uh, Israel 365 News was, Foxes at Temple Mount, prophetic proof Jerusalem returning to glory. Now, on August the 8th of 2019, the headline for the Jerusalem Post uh, was Foxes seen walking near Western Wall, fulfilling biblical promise. There were approximately a dozen foxes seen on the Temple Mount. Now, an excerpt from the Jerusalem Post article dated August the 8th of 2019 in reference to the foxes on the Temple Mount reads, it is written in the book of Lamentations, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, which is read on Tisha, uh, Beav, uh, that Mount Zion, where the temple stood, will be so desolate that foxes will walk upon it. The understanding, according to the Talmud, 
in the tractate Makot 24b is that if the prophecies of destruction have been fulfilled, so will the prophecies, uh, or, or so will be the ones by the prophet Zechariah about the temple being rebuilt. Now, Zechariah chapter 1, verses 16 through 17 of the New Living Translation says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says, the towns of Israel will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Now, Lamentations uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 21 of the English Standard Version, it says, Restore to us yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. Now, we also know that in order for the Antichrist to desecrate the temple, the temple has to be rebuilt. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, New Living Translation, says, The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of of one set of seven, but after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And as a climax to all this terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for his defiler or for this defiler is finally poured out on him. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15 of the English Standard Version says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Okay? And then it goes on talking about the, uh, the prophecy, more prophecy on the end time. So the foxes on the temple mount fulfilled prophecy. The rebuilding of the temple has not yet been refilled. Uh, so a couple of big questions I have um, are how long will it take to rebuild the temple and is there any movement uh, on actually rebuilding the temple uh, taking place at this time? So let's start with the Temple Institute. Now this information is taken from About Us section on the Temple Institute website at www.templeinstitute.org. And it says... The Temple Institute is dedicated to every aspect of the Holy Temple of Jerusalem and the central role it fulfilled and will once again fulfill in the spiritual well-being of both Israel and all the nations of the world. The Institute's work touches upon the history of the Holy Temple's past and understanding of present day and the divine promise of Israel's future. The Institute's activities include education, research, and development. The Temple's Institute's ultimate goal is to see Israel rebuild the Holy Temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem in accord with the biblical commandments. It is of primary importance to educate about the great significance of the Holy Temple in Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, the only site in the world that is considered holy by the Jewish people, and the only site in the world which God chose to rest His presence through the establishment of the Holy Temple. The Temple Institute, founded in 1987 as a non-profit educational and religious organization located in the Jewish quarter of Jerusalem's old city. The Institute is dedicated to every aspect of the biblical commandment to build the holy temple of God on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Our short-term goal is to rekindle the flame of the holy temple in the hearts of mankind through education. 
Our long-term goal is to do all in our limited power to bring about the building of the Holy Temple in our time. Thus, the Institute's efforts include raising public awareness about the Holy Temple and the central role that it occupies in the spiritual life of mankind. The many areas of activities conducted by the Institute combine research, seminars, publications, and conferences, as well as the production of educational materials. Now, the major focus of the Institute is its efforts towards the beginning of the actual rebuilding of the Holy Temple. Towards this end, the Institute has begun to restore and construct the sacred vessels for the service of the Holy Temple. These vessels, which God commanded Israel to create, can be seen today at our exhibition in Jerusalem's Old City Jewish Quarter. They are made according to the exact specifications of the Bible and have been constructed from the original source materials, such as gold, copper, silver, and wood. These are authentic, accurate vessels, not merely replicas or models. All of these items are fit and ready for use in the service of the Holy Temple. Among the many items featured in the exhibition are musical instruments played by the Levitical choir, the golden crown of the high priest, and gold and silver vessels used in the incense and sacrificial services. After many years of effort and toil, the Institute has completed the three most important central vessels of the divine service, the seven-branched candelabra, the menorah made of pure gold, the golden incense altar, and the golden table of the showbread. Other completed projects include the sacred uniform of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. This project was the culmination of years of study and research. The high priest's uh, breastplate, ephod, and tizits have been completed. All these and more can be seen at the Temple Institute Museum. So, as you can see, Israel is prepared and ready for the third temple to be rebuilt and to reinstitute animal sacrifices. Practically all of the implements have been made and are ready for use in the temple as prescribed uh, in the Bible by God's Word. So, what about the red heifer? The Temple Institute uh, has been in the process of raising red heifers also. So in order for the red heifer to be kosher and to qualify to be used as a sacrifice, it has to be without blemish, and it has to have 100% red hair. As of March, 20, or March 1st of 2021, the Institute has two red heifers that are approaching the proper age and have 99.9% .9 red hair. Now, both of the heifers have uh, a few white hairs, and they say that these white hairs can turn red. Now, if this happens they will have the necessary kosher red heifer to be sacrificed and its ashes used for purification. Now, as for the rebuilding of the temple, I don't have a solid answer to this question. I've, I've found articles where some say it could be rebuilt in three years. Others say longer. Still others say less than three years. What I can say for sure is that there's a major push in Israel right now to rebuild the temple. And I'm paying close attention to how this is developing. And, and uh, so... Watch for yourself. Go out and, and try to look this up and pay attention and, and watch the news and the headlines of Israel. Now, on December 6th of 2017, President Trump announced that the United States would be moving its embassy to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. Now, on May the 14th of 2018, the new embassy, or U.S. embassy, opened in Jerusalem, coinciding with uh, Israel's 70th, 70th anniversary. Now, uh, Israeli Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu made the following remarks in public to President Trump during the ceremony. I want to tell you that the Jewish people have a long memory. 
So we remember the proclamation of the great King Cyrus, the great Persian king, 2,500 years ago. He proclaimed that the, Jew, the Jewish exiles in Babylon can come back and rebuild our temple in Jerusalem. We remember 100 years ago Lord Balfour, who issued the Balfour Proclamation that recognized the rights of the Jewish people in our ancestral homeland. We remembered 70 years ago President Harry S. Truman was the first leader to recognize the Jewish state. And we remember how a few weeks ago, President Donald J. Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Mr. President, this will be remembered by our people throughout the ages. And as you just said, others talked about it. You did. So I want to thank you on behalf of the people of Israel. Now, President Trump also negotiated the Abraham Accords peace treaty between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, Sudan, Morocco, and Bahrain, uh, with other Arab countries looking to join. And Israel also has peace treaties with Egypt and Jordan. Now, these peace treaties may very well be a major stepping stone towards the rebuilding of the temple, which will take place, and I believe, in the very near future. Now, another major prophecy which is yet to be fulfilled, but is materializing before our eyes, has to do uh, with what is referred as the uh, Mog and the Magog War. So let's look at Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 1 through 15, and this is the English Standard Version. This is a rather long read, but stay with me here. And forgive my pronunciation if I mess up some of these pronunciations. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face toward Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of uh, Meshech and Tubal. And I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and I will bring you out and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords, Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, Beth Tarmarga, from the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes, many peoples are with you. Be ready and keep ready, you and all your hosts that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be mustered. In the latter years you will go against the land that is restored from war, the land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountains of Israel which had been a continual waste. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely, all of them. You will advance, coming on like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your hordes and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil scheme and say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having no bars or gates to seize spoil and carry off plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places that are now inhabited and the people who are gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods, who dwell at the center of the earth. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all its leaders will say to you, Have you come to seize spoil? Have you assembled your hosts to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? Therefore, Son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know it? 
You will come from your place out of the uttermost parts of the north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. In the latter days I will bring you against my land, and the nations may know me when through you, O Gog, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. So let's, let's identify uh, some of those that God uh, called by name uh, in his word uh, to the prophet Ezekiel. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start by saying there's many different opinions uh, by different biblical scholars as to the exact identities and modern-day locations of the places uh, that's referred to in this scripture. Uh, I'm going to present information to you, and uh, I'll not be all-inclusive as to the many uh, different varying opinions. However, it's, it's my intent just to provide you with accurate uh, information as best as I can. Uh, so this is an area that uh, I encourage you to further research on your own, uh, come to your own conclusions as to the exact locations. Uh, but for the most part, I think this is going to be pretty accurate. So uh, Magog, Meshech, Tubal, and Gomer were sons of Japheth. Uh, that's the elder of Noah's three sons. And Japheth and his family initially occupied the Isles of the Gentiles, which is the coastlands of the Mediterranean Sea in Europe, and eventually grew and populated Europe and large portions of Asia. Now, Gog is a person or an entity. We don't know exactly uh, who this refers to, but it, it would be a person or an entity who rules over the land of Magog, or modern-day Russia. Magog means the prince of Rosh, and Rosh is the root word for the land of Russia. Uh, Meshach is the old name for modern-day Moscow. Tubal is identified as a modern-day city uh, in Siberia, uh, or modern, yeah, it's, it's a city in, in Siberia in that area. Magog uh, is also believed to include many of the countries south of modern-day Russia, which were part of the former Soviet Union, primarily those countries ending in Stan, such as uh, Kazakhstan or uh, Uzbekistan, uh, etc. You know, just look up the stands there. Now, Persia is modern-day Iran. Uh, Kush uh, could be modern-day Ethiopia, but um, most believe uh, more accurately that it's referring to Sudan. Um, Libya is modern-day Libya, and Put, like Libya, is believed to be part of modern-day northern Africa. Gomer uh, is modern-day Germany, and Beth Tarmarga, or, or Togarma, rather, Beth Togarma, is modern-day Turkey. Sheba and Dedan are modern-day Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Yemen, United Arab Emirates, and Amman, all located in the Arabian Peninsula. Now, Tarshish is believed to be modern-day Great Britain and the United Kingdom, and all its leaders or its young lions, as some versions say, are believed to be modern-day United States of America. Uh, Great Britain and the United uh, Kingdom have, have always been identified by lions, and the United States came out of Great Britain, uh, becoming its young lions. Now, some believe that Tarshish is referring to modern-day Spain, Italy, France, and other countries west of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, which, which still fits uh, with including uh, the United Kingdom. So 
What's the significance of this prophecy and how is it materializing before our eyes today? The prophecy tells us that a group of countries will come and attack Israel. And God said, uh, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O God, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring you out, and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, great host, all of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords, Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, Beth Tarmarga. Beth to Garma, I say it wrong every time. From the uttermost parts of the north, with all his hordes, many peoples are with you. In the latter days, I will bring you against my land, that the nations may know me, when through you, O Gog, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. So God is saying, not only will these countries attack Israel, but that he will put hooks in their jaws and cause them to attack Israel. Hooks are, are oftentimes put in the jaws of unruly animals, uh, such as a horse or a mule or a cow, to make them go where the owner wants them to go. You'll often see bulls with a ring in their nose, and this is so the, the farmer or, or can grab hold and control them by grabbing hold of the ring or attaching a rope to the ring. Uh, so God is saying, you know, I, I'm going to provoke you into attacking Israel so that he, God, can avenge Israel so that the nations will know that he is God, and that he may vindicate his holiness before their eyes. So today, Russia is closely aligned with Iran. Iran has, uh, in no uncertain terms, stated uh, that it's their goal to destroy Israel. Um, Russia and Iran, uh, right now, as we, uh, as we speak and are watching, have troops and military equipment right across the border of Israel and Syria. Iran has a lot of influence in Iraq, uh, also uh, right on the border uh, of Israel. Uh, now, and many people do not realize it, but there's a large Muslim influence in Russia. Uh, this comes from the countries, uh, the many countries to the south, and these uh, countries often referred to as the stands, as we spoke earlier, um, these nations uh, that were part of the former Soviet Union, uh, Kazakhstan, uh, Uzbekistan, and, and uh, those type countries, are primarily Muslim nations. So they hate Israel. Turkey has recently began to align itself with Russia and Iran. Uh, Russia has gone on record threatening anyone uh, that attacks or comes against Iran. So... Um, what did we witness happen with the recently assigned Abraham Accords? Many of the countries identified as uh, Sheba uh, and Dedan signed a peace agreement with Israel. They've established normal relations with embassies, travel, and trade. We are watching prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. Uh, the prophecy tells us that a group of countries will align themselves against Israel and attack. Another group of countries will stand with Israel against the attackers. Sheba and Dedan... Uh, and the merchants of Tarshish and, and all its leaders will say to you, Have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your host to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? See, we are witnessing the alignment of these countries, both for and against Israel, in direct accordance with Bible prophecy. And it's happening right before our very eyes if we open them and pay attention. Then in recent years... Um, 
Israel discovered natural gas fields located in Israeli waters uh, in the Mediterranean. So now an excerpt from a Bloomberg News article uh, by Alyssa Odenheimer is dated July 19th of 2020. Um, it says, Israel's cabinet approved a multinational accord to lay a pipeline that will facilitate the export to Europe of natural gas found in Israel uh, by Cypriot waters. The $6 billion plan formulated by the energy ministers of Israel, Cyprus, Greece, and Italy is for a 1,900-kilometer corridor that will link known and yet-to-be-discovered gas fields in the eastern Mediterranean basin with European markets through Cyprus, Greece, and Italy. A survey of the route is currently being performed with the aim of reaching a final investment decision within two years and completing the project by 2025. So currently, Russia is the largest supplier of oil, natural gas, and coal to the European Union. Now, this provides Russia with great wealth, uh, but more importantly, it gives them great influence over the European countries. See, Israel's move to build a pipeline to supply Eastern uh, or European Union countries um, with natural gas is certainly going to threaten Russia's wealth. But again, more importantly, uh, this would reduce Russia's amount of influence over the uh, EU countries. So could this pipeline provoke Russia into attacking Israel? Well, this alone, probably not. But let's look. Forbes.com headline, February 9th of uh, 2020. Iran is close to getting an atomic bomb, but it could still choose to stop. Hmm. Yes, they could choose to stop, but then they have publicly stated uh, that their goal is to destroy and annihilate Israel uh, from the face of the earth. So it's not very likely that they're going to stop. See, Israel's also stated that they will not allow Iran to obtain a nuclear weapon. So Israel takes Iran's threat seriously, and they know that their national security depends on them defending themselves against Iran. So what happens if Israel preemptively strikes or attacks Iran? Could this, along with a pipeline, provoke Russia to align with Iran, Turkey, and the other countries mentioned to attack Israel uh, starting the Gog-Magog war? Possibly. Uh, right now, this generation, right now, we have a front row seat. So we need to pay close attention to Bible prophecy and what's happening uh, right now uh, with Israel and all these countries. You know, we've discussed how Israel is a rich and prosperous country in many ways. The Dead Sea is unbelievably rich in chemicals that could provide staggering wealth alone. And what did the prophecy say? Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all its leaders will say to you, Have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your host to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? And, and we've just looked at how rich a nation Israel is right now in, in many, many ways. So I've stepped out of, uh, excuse me, I've stepped out uh, of talking about prophecies uh, that have been fulfilled in some sort uh, and kind of stepped into speculating about prophecies that are yet to come. Um, and, and my goal is I'm not, it's not to speculate so much about what may or may not happen and how it may or may not happen. 
Uh, my goal is to open eyes that we may see and ears that we may hear what's written in the Word of God. And, and uh, as I've said before, take my word for none of this. Do your own research. Read God's Word. Pray and ask for understanding. Simply look at the world that we're currently living in. Look at the current events over the last few years. Uh, look at how things are lining up. Look at what the scriptures and the prophecies say. And then ask yourself, does it fit with biblical prophecy? Are we living in the end times? And that's all for this episode. Uh, join me, please, in uh, episode number 34 uh, as we're going to continue talking about these end-time prophecies. Um, we'll pick up right here where we left off. I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.